0: Welcome to Season 6 of the Casted Podcast, where we are back with more of our very own users. Why? Because in Season 5, you really showed up and said that you loved those interviews, and also really because becoming a Casted customer makes it really clear how committed you are to not only the bigger picture of podcasting and how it all fits into your marketing efforts, but also how podcasting and shows in general really fit into an overall integrated marketing strategy. These customers, these marketers, are the most forward-thinking brands. They're harnessing the perspectives of experts with podcasts, and they are ringing out those interviews to be amplified across all other channels. They're practicing what we preach here at Casted, and I want you to hear all about what they are doing, why they're doing it, and how you can do it too. I'm Lindsay Chepkama, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and the only amplified marketing platform for B2B marketers, and this is our podcast. Today, I'm talking with Sam Balter of Zoom Info. I am so excited about this episode, not only because Zoom Info's show Talk Data to me, isn't that a great name, is a great example of a company leaning into their expertise as a brand, but also because Sam is a podcasting and content veteran who really has a firm grasp on the power that audio can have in a strategy. In this interview, you will hear how Sam and his team brought their show together, brought it all to life, and about how he's used his own experience working with podcasts in a previous life to create a show that really focuses on solving problems for their audience and is really, really fun to listen to. Hi, Sam.
1: Hi, Lindsay. How's it going?
0: (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here. Um, We've got a lot to talk about today, and thank you for joining me on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. So happy to talk about podcasting.
0: Yes, talk talk podcasting instead of talk data, right? <laughs> which is the name of your show, Talk Data to Me, which is, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, like one of the best titles I think I've ever heard for a show.
1: Yes, that is not at all me. That's all um, my co-host, Stephanie. Uh, she came up with that title for the show. So very happy with it.
0: <laughs> Kudos to Stephanie, because that's that's a really fun name. So I guess that's a great place to start then. Um, let's talk a little bit about the show, um, how it came to be. And then I think kind of, uh, unlike some shows we do, we'll kind of work backwards from there and kind of get into kind of why why podcasting and, and all that good stuff. So let's get started at Talk Data to Me, how'd it come to be, and, and what role do you play with it? You said that you're the host, but tell me more.
1: Yeah, so Talk Data to Me is a show uh, that Zoom Info made. We started making it last year. And one of the things is I manage the editorial team. And basically what we do is we take data from Zoom Info's platform, and then we notice kind of trends or interesting things about that data, and then we write articles about it, Right. And so we were starting to build up this kind of like library of trends and interesting topics. And then we wanted to make a show to kind of dig deeper into those, right? And specifically to kind of like add a little bit of a human element behind a lot of the kind of, for lack of a better word, like boring ish data trends uh, and sort of tell kind of interesting stories that are associated. Boring ish, boring ish, like. For most, like I understand, most people don't find it super interesting to look at like job title trends over time or something like that. But I do, and it's exciting. So, <laughs> boring like boring for some people, not wow. for everyone.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Um. So basically, what we did is then we started working on the show and really kind of digging into like what what is that we want this show to do for Zoom Info, and also like what is it we're trying to accomplish in terms of for the like listener, what do we want the listener's experience to be, and how can we add on to the work that we're already doing in terms of writing articles, pulling data, all this interesting stuff? Like, how can we add on to that, uh, and not in a new way without just sort of like regurgitating old things, I guess.
0: Right, right. Super fun. Okay, so that was one of the things from what I understand, the conversations that we've had a while ago, that was one of the things that you wanted, that you intended to do when you started at Zoom Info was watch a podcast, right? So tell me yes. why, tell me why and kind of where it fits into the bigger picture strategy of, for, for marketing and for content at Zoom Info.
1: Yeah, so I think definitely coming in early to Zoom Info, I wanted to t- start a podcast immediately. Um, but I think for a little while, we had to figure out like, What is the right topic? What is the right angle? How would a podcast fit into this company? And so I think that took a little bit of time just sort of to get acclimatized to the company, get acclimatized to like what we could do and the type of thing we could be talking about. So then one of the things overall, I think from my perspective, one of the issues with Zoom Info's kind of brand or marketing is that a lot of people know us as primarily a data provider. Mm -hmm. Like we provide a lot of data. Um, but I think that people are sort of missing the part where there's all of these tools that we build on top of that data that lets you do incredible things. So it's like, it makes you, your email list more effective. Your ad campaigns better. Uh, you can look up people more effectively. You know what I mean? There's just so you can route leads more effectively. There's all these great things you could do with the data. And so we wanted to really zero in on that part. Yeah, That like transition of just like, we want to showcase as a brand that we have lots of interesting pieces of data that you can use, but then also sort of emphasize that it's not just having it, but it's like being able to take action on it and taking action on it and what that leads to, right? It leads to like insightful, interesting ideas. It leads to um, people changing the way their business operates. It leads to people getting money or funding more effectively. Right, so we wanted to focus on that part of it and I think that took a little while to figure out at uh, at the job. But once we got that, it was like, okay, great. Now we have a direction to sort of march in.
0: Mhm. That's Well, that is the interesting part because that's data is cool, but I think people, obviously the exciting part is what you do with it and giving people, getting people wheels turning around that action and the insights um, that can really fuel behaviors and strategies. And that's, that is the cool stuff. And so there's a lot of stories there. I I bet you're having a lot of fun pulling those stories. Yeah.
1: And the thing is like for us like it also I like I'm a I'm a big believer in shows just being like relatively simple and relatively straightforward in format um but flexible so it's like with that for the show it, it makes a lot of sense because we could say life before insight then an insight happens and then there's life after insight and that's so it's like is-
0: yeah, that's, that's
1: super easy time. to set it up. <laughs> and so that. it's like, great. Okay, now we have a format that works, that makes sense. And then the other thing was like, okay, what are the major parts to our episode? That became pretty clear pretty quickly, where it was like the parts of each episode there's going to be the data, there's going to be a question that that data inspires. And then there's going to be like an interview with an expert who's going to be able to give us some sort of story or context beyond it. Yeah. And so like that, again, like once we had that all formed, it was like, great, this is perfect for Zoom Info's brand. It will do a good job of like building it up. And it's a flexible enough format where it's like, okay, we could be talking about one set of data or one topic in a season or dive deep into another season or just broadly comment on a bunch of different issues that are kind of relevant to people within our target market. So basically it, it gave us a good way once we figured it out to just be like, this is the direction we're moving in. Now we just need to find the people to interview.
0: I love it. I love it. So how how do you find the people to interview? How, how do you, I mean, I mean, you have lots of customers. There's There's lots of people that are using data. So I'm sure it's not, there's no shortage, but how do you select those people? And how do you know that there's a story there? Like, how do you do that? data mining for for stories, right?
1: Yeah. So I think that's, it's really interesting because it's like, if you think about a lot of, um, like a lot of B2B podcasts, you have this thing where you're you're getting the person onto the show and then they're telling you about something, right? Um, We wanted in some ways to use this as slightly different where we're presenting a piece of data or information to somebody else, to the guest on the show and having them help us contextualize that piece of information. So we don't really start with the guest. We start with the data and then we're like, who could possibly talk to us about this? Um, and that part is really fun and definitely challenging. Um, like for example, we have one in an upcoming episode, uh, we have like Scott Brinker. Scott Brinker is going to be on. He's great. He's super fantastic. But the piece of data for him was like, we looked at the number of tools that somebody in marketing or sales in a company uses, right? And it just seemed like so, like too many tools. Like an average company uses like something like 75 tools on average. Tech companies will use like hundreds of different tools. Um, and we were like, okay people are using a lot of tools. This is annoying. This is something I feel in my own life where I'm like switching between different platforms or different pieces of software. Like this has a human element where I feel it. And then it's like, who can talk to me about there being too many tools? Scott Brinker can. Like Scott Brinker, Scott Brinker will know the answer to like why there are too many tools in this world. Yes. Um, so I think like that would be an example of like, we had a question and there was really only a few people who could answer it. And then in other ones, we had like Mike Volpe was on the show. And for him, it was like, okay, we've seen this absolutely outrageous rise in web conferencing tools, in people using, you know, video conferencing, all of these tools people are adopting to work from home. But like, what is, like, we could tell that story. Um, but also, like, what's the opposite side? And like, the opposite side was like travel, business travel collapsed. Yeah. and. People we're not going to meet face-to-face anymore. Right. So it's like, who is the best person to talk about that? Like, okay, great, Mike Volpe, who's yeah. now, who's like heading up this company that does B2B travel. Like yeah. he's gonna be the best answer for that question and that story.
0: I love that. That is so fun. So um, let's get into format. So, how many shows are you doing? Period. I don't know if that means like within a year, within a month, within a season. What? Tell me about the format um, that you're thinking uh, for the show, and kind of like how how you're putting it together.
1: Yeah, this show is uh, a challenge. Uh- it's
0: intense. <laughs> it's it's not a it's not it's not a light. Load,
1: yeah, not fully on intentionally. Like, I think one of the things about the show that's that's interesting is one, it's I've never done a co-hosted show, so it's like I'm co-hosting it with uh, Steph Tonneson, and she's like, it, it's good because we both approach data and questions differently, so we're able to like, we wanted to, we wanted to like emphasize that point of things about data or things about insights not being clear. Right. And like it's useful to have somebody to talk about things with and be like, I don't understand this. How would you approach this? How do you look at this? You know, like, like, oh, this like an episode came out about brand ambassadors. Right. And one of that that was a good one of like, oh, Steph has a completely different view because she's in her early 20s, I'm in my 30s of like what a brand ambassador is compared to like what I think a brand ambassador is. Yeah. And then we can look at this trend about like what has happened to brand ambassadors over the last few years and then have like a very good conversation. So format-wise, one, we wanted to emphasize that there's two hosts and they're wrestling through these issues together. Yeah. Um, So then we, so basically the format of the episodes goes cold open where we have an intro that sets up sort of the problem, the question, the piece of data that we're looking at. Then it jumps into the interview. During the interview, we try and do at least kind of one to two interludes. So it's like, pause, let's try and like work through this or I didn't quite understand this part or could you contextualize this part? Then and that keeps going through back to the interview. Then it has a closing where it's like at the end of each episode, Steph and I talk through for like 15 or 20 minutes about what we learned from the episode and then shorten that down to probably like a kind of two minute highlight reel of what we're having. But it's like a very casual conversation. So that's every episode is like, you know, there's the intro. It's like you go through the interview, then you write the intro, Intro, then you write the two interludes, then something was wrong with the intro. So you go back there. Then you were like, after you've done all that, you do the closing. And it's like, then the closing has to go back to the intro, intro again. So it's like a lot of reworking things over and over again. But I think it has a really nice format for what we're trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that comes through when you're listening to it. I mean, it's such a good show like it's well done. Thank you. It's great. Um, okay. So this, I mean, if it's not glaringly obvious to anybody who's watching or listening, this is not your first go around, you, you, you know, a thing or two about podcasting. So tell me about your, your history with podcasting and what maybe you did before zoom info and how that did this.
1: Yeah. Um, so before zoom info, I worked at HubSpot, uh, In HubSpot, I was predominantly in for most of the time in sort of like demand generation, sales enablement, uh, that side of the funnel, then moved over. And then I had this opportunity where they were starting the show called Weird Work and they were looking for somebody to host the show. And so I applied to host, got it. It was a great experience. And the show did really well um, to start. You know, it got on like iTunes New and Noteworthy. It got picked up a bunch of places. And so that went really, really well. And then basically, I moved over to the content team to work on just kind of growing the network of podcasts that HubSpot had. Um, And at that time, it was weird work. There was a single season of Skill Up. And then the growth show had been going for a few years. And so it was like trying to look at this of saying like, okay, how do we move from, you know, these kind of just individual shows to more of like a concrete strategy of how we're approaching like multiple shows on a podcast. So then working there, I was definitely a lot more focused on the like audience growth and the like strategy behind how do, how do we fit this podcast into other things? And how do we like take advantage of things that are going on on the content team to convert or create interesting like content, audio content that could be podcast. So it's like we changed up skill up. Uh, we helped, uh, they were launching a show, Culture Happens, to like emphasize things about company culture. There was a show, Agency Unfiltered, that was a web series that we wanted to move that to become uh, another podcast. Like there are a lot of good, uh, so we just did a lot of those kind of things along building out a larger strategy for a lot of shows.
0: Yeah, so tell me how how that experience, an experience is. I mean, that was a lot of experiences in a, in a condensed Relatively speaking, I'm sure not a long period of time compared to this, and, and, and launching a show for the first time at Zoom Info. What What are some of the similarities and differences?
1: Yeah, um, I think the major difference is like. One, Howsbot had a, a show that had been around for years. Like the Grow Show is a great launching off point, and there was sort of like an engine of content and a way of approaching shows as well. Like there was already, you know, Matt Brown was like a great audio producer. There was already an audio producer in house. All of those things. Uh, Zoom Info was just starting from scratch. Right there was there was there's internal podcast. There's several internal podcasts, but there's no external facing podcast. And so a lot of the stuff of like setting up hosting educating the company on like, educating people on like, what is a reasonable amount of downloads to expect? How, you know, this is how you track and what we can track with this information. This is why we should make the show in this way and not that way. So there was like a lot of education aspects of it that went along with um, starting it up.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So, okay. So what have you learned this time around simply because things have changed? I mean, like, content has changed, technology has changed. Um, I mean, we're case in point, we're recording both audio and video here. I mean, that's, that's podcasting now. So what's changed since your days at HubSpot and managing those shows versus now, if anything, I mean, or is it really kind of, it's still about who your audience is and serving them well with content? Um, kind of what, what comparisons would you, have you found there?
1: Yeah, I'd say, um, it didn't get any easier. That would be one
0: thing. <laughs> it sounds like the load is still pretty heavy with what you've created there at, at Zoom.
1: Yeah, but or, it's also like I I guess it didn't it it didn't get any easier to like it's nerve-wracking. It's a nerve-wracking process to build a show and it's a nerve-wracking process to like get out there and interview people. And you don't and none of that is is. Different doing it a second time. I thought it like I honestly thought some of that would be a little bit easier, but it's still kind of like a very stressful experience. Um, What's changed larger? I think there's two things, and that's like the producers and the people who are producing shows and the people who are listening to shows. I think on the production side, people are just producing better podcasts in general, right? I think like the quality is rising at a really basic level. Audio quality is rising. You know, like people are more likely to record with a mic. People are more likely than they used to be to record like in a semi-soundproof room. To do Uh,
0: editing at all. To
1: to do editing, yeah. yeah. To like do editing. Like people are like, like, there's a lot of things that people have raised the quality on in kind of the business space Um, but on, I'd say also in the consumer kind of more broad, broadly appealing podcast, it's like they, (laughs) they have all these new formats that are just insane, like, like really heavily sound designed shows or shows that are really, really short. They're only like a couple of minutes, right? Like I think, I haven't listened to it yet, but I know like Paris Hilton's working on a podcast and Paris Hilton's podcast is going to have like (laughs) micro news episodes that are like just her hot takes on something that it's like a minute long. And those are just going to be interspersed with 30 minute episodes, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is going to help pull up things where you can change the formats of the show and you can have more options as a producer And I think because of like all the stuff we're starting to see in that area, you're also getting listeners who are a little bit more open to something that's potentially different right like listeners are more open to oh this isn't just a straight interview like li- listeners are want higher quality production listeners are willing to say like oh this is like a 10 minute show this could be great or this is a 45 minute episode like maybe it's a really in depth thing or oh you know i would like i think about command line heroes as a as like another kind of podcast that i admire like they're building fully narrative deeply researched episodes like I just think that consumers are gonna start to demand and want more of that, and they're gonna be more open-minded to it when they see it.
0: I think you're so right. I think that... what I've seen, even over—I mean, I, my first podcast was—we uh, started working on it in 2017, launched in 2018, and then you know, casted. We've been doing this for a year and a half, two years, um, and just in that time, like that's a that's a relatively short period of time. Like the the quality and and like you said, the expectation of your audience, and that that absolutely per usual is driven by consumer audiences, but here we are in B2B and your B2B audience is still people. Like it's still humans that, that do watch Netflix and that do listen to the shows produced by Gimlet and, um, you know, want really good stuff. And if they're going to listen to a B2B podcast, they want to be entertained and, uh, educated. Right. And so it's, um, it, it's a huge opportunity. It's an exceptional opportunity to create really great content and to be one of the standout, um, brands that, that drives a huge following because of, of what you're producing. I mean, look at what you've done with data, right? With boring-ish air quotes, (laughs) if you're listening, boring-ish data, um, you've created a really cool show. So, What what advice would you give to other, you know, enterprise marketers, people who are listening, somebody who represents a brand who either already has a show and is like, man, how do I level up? How do I, like, I know that it has to be better or somebody who's super intimidated about doing what you've done. uh, Not only at Zoom Info, but at HubSpot too.
1: I think there are a lot of people who are nervous um, that they don't fit the profile of somebody that they think is like a, a podcast person. And that might, make them a little bit uh, antsy about starting. Like, oh, I'm not, you know, like super boisterous or I'm not really articulate or I don't have a particularly like silky smooth voice to be able to like, you know, lull people sleep or whatever with. Like I don't, they don't have that and they get worried, but that's not really what people are looking for. You can edit around things. Like if you don't like something, you don't have to publish it, like it's okay. Um, So I I think like there are a lot of people who are nervous about a lot of things about podcasting or being on microphone. Um, that just aren't really necessarily justified. Uh, and that they could give it a try pretty easily without kind of fitting what you would imagine sort of the, the standard archetype of like a podcast person would be. Um, I think for all, especially for brands, I'd say people should really start with a problem they are trying to solve at their company first. And then figure out what the show or how audio will fit in. I think a lot of the times, like, it doesn't have to be for reach, you know, or for like a lot of downloads or for things like that. Like, if you have trouble communicating to employees internally, maybe you should make an internal show that once a month provides like all the updates they need. Maybe you want to tell kind of case studies of customers onboarding because people are kind of hesitant. Great. Maybe you could use a show to do that. Maybe you want to run sales training internally or something. Maybe you could do a show to do that. Um, I think it's bad to start with the idea that's like, oh, you know, like I'm a funny person or like I'm interesting or like and Joe has really great ideas. Joe's super smart. Let's just have Joe on the mic and talk just, about let's stuff. Let's just
0: have a, let's just like hop on a, let's just start recording. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just start recording. Just start recording. Cause like, that's great. It's like, it's not great. It's not great. It's, it's not. It's, it's not. And it's like, why are you doing this? And so I think like, Bungas doesn't have to be this like big complicated thing or anything like that. Like, but it should solve something some problem that your company has. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of the times it's like, that could be, it could be a source to generate new content on other mediums. It could be all of these different things, but you should just identify what you're trying to do with your show and then work backwards for what is the format of the show that would make the most sense to solve this problem. And then think, how many episodes do I need? right?
0: Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not are we going to do one every week forever and ever, but like, yeah. How many, how many episodes that's a, like your teacher Um, back in the day, we all had that teacher where you ask how long the essay needs to be. And they say, as long as it needs to be right. Like that's how many shows you do as, as many as you need to do. I don't know. Like, there's no, yeah,
1: it's like. I don't know if the format, it's like for talk data to me, like I think about it, it's like talk data to me, we want to emphasize like the, we want to emphasize the breadth and depth of data and also talk about the process of drawing insights from data. That could go on for a while. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that is a problem we should continually year after year, day after day, continue to work on and solve. Like it's not going to be solved in one thing, but like that's a long-term show. But if it's like the show is, uh, you know, How Zoom info sales reps operate. That could probably be six episodes, and it doesn't need to be updated all the time. you know, like it could probably be accomplished with a set number of episodes.
0: That's so. That's (laughs) yes, and and that's why um, you know people will ask me, and I, I bet they do with you too, about like kind of best practices and like how often should I publish and how how long should my show be and you know all these these what's standard? And it's like, no, I mean, if this is content strategy and, and it should be a part of your content strategy to say, how are we serving our audience? I, I love the perspective. I mean, it's a great exercise to do to say, what's, what are, what are three problems that our sales team has or that our brand has, you know, how can we solve that with content? If we, if we had a magic wand, what, what gift could we give our sales team that they'd be like, oh my gosh, seriously, like I have this, I have this recording and I can go use this. Like, that's, you know, um, that's a great place to start.
1: Yeah, it just, it's just easier to start there. Um, I think, like, the other thing I think is you people should move towards the more exciting version of whatever they're thinking. Yes. Right, like, like I think people should just be of, like, if there's a more exciting version, if it's like, oh, we could do, you know, a one-hour in-depth interview with one person, It's like, it would be, or it would be more exciting if we did like three or four people. Do three or four people. Just do that. Do move towards that version if you think that's the more exciting version. Because if you're not excited initially as the creator about it, like you are not really gonna pass that on to the listener at all.
0: Yeah, they're gonna smell that (laughs) right away. Okay, so... Super great uh, tips and insights and experience and expertise. Um, is there anything that you would leave our audience with as they are, again, trying to figure out, uh, I think looking holistically at where it fits in their strategy, like how how to use their podcast? Um, you know, I think it's pretty clear everybody should have one. You and I are pretty biased on that. But how do you use it? How do you get the most out of it? Um, maybe we can leave them with those words.
1: So I think that there's like a, There's a temptation by a lot of marketers to be really into the recycle, reuse methodology of like, you you have something, you create that, and then you make uh, thousands of different versions and you try and get uh, everything working, right? Like where you take like a, uh, a long white paper, you cut it into a bunch of blog posts, you take each of those blog posts, you turn social media posts about those, right? And you generate like lots and lots of content. Um... I think sometimes what people do with podcast is that they try and fit them into that process. So they think like where is what articles and data and things like that are we already producing and can we just, you know, produce a podcast that like fits into this process. And I think in a lot of ways you can, but it might be better to just start by thinking more about like what would be a good podcast? What is good content? And then how do we fit it into what we're currently doing?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: sometimes for marketing, like when I think about a lot of the shows that have been successful, they're built more in a little silo. You know, they're actually built with like, it's like, we want to make a successful podcast, not necessarily a successful podcast that can then turn into social that could then turn into this and people get bogged down with all the other process pieces to a podcast. And so it's like start with a really good show and then once you have a really good show, it's very easy to cut it into all of those things. yeah but if you if you're a marketer and you're part of like a larger company, there might be a temptation to sort of be like oh you know like let's work with this team and this team and this team and bring all these people in. And I think to some degree, it's really hard to work in audio in that way. Mm -hmm. It's just really hard to have like, it's like if you had 10 writers working on one blog post, like it would be unlikely to be very good. So if you have like in the same way, even though a podcast is more complicated and more time, you don't necessarily want to bring every single person into the company into it. You want to like make something that's good, go check out what we made. It will fit in and then start... Being social copy, being articles about it, um, being different ways that like that it can evolve. Yeah. So I mean, for this is a bit a little bit off topic, but like for me, when I came into Zoom Info, it was there was there's th- there's like three phases that I set for my team. Phase one was like data from the platform and turn it into articles. Like phase two is data from the platform and turn it into articles and also turn it into a podcast. So that was phase two. And phase three is articles that involve the podcast and the podcast that involve articles. Like we're not that we're not even at we launched the show and we're not at phase three yeah <laughs> like when there's still like another step to go before it's like we're getting towards the how it all fits together because it'll be it'll be a better product when we have good articles that perform well that goes with a good podcast that performs well and that will in end like create a better combination of things. yeah so I'd say for people starting out it would definitely be I would encourage people to like, really narrow into like what is going to be a good show on its own and not necessarily get bogged down with a lot of the kind of marketing processes that are often, uh, happen at large companies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And we, you know, we, we talk a lot about like amplifying your content, and taking your show and amplifying it across other, other channels. And I think one way that that's sometimes misconstrued is like more content for more content's sake, like take your show and, you know, pull it into 156 clips. And then each one of those clips should also be sent, you know, out to at least 55 people. Like that's just more content for more content's sake. And sure. Okay. That's, that's one philosophy, you know, cast a wide net but when you like right now, I'm capturing your unique perspective, like Sam Balter, on our show. That's adding a lot of value for our audience. That's why everybody who's watching is watching. Um, and you know, we're capturing as audio and video, right? Get, giving people the option to, to watch or listen. And then from there, like, why wouldn't we dig in and and pull out the insights into something that's really deep and rich that gives people another choice for where where to to, to consume that content? But it's certainly not. You know, just more, 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 um for the sake of more, because that just adds to the noise, right? So yeah, it's it's content strategy for a reason. You know, think strategically about what you're what's gonna add value to your audience and how you're going to be set apart as truly as a thought leader and a trusted, trusted guide in the space. And that's yeah, that and starts with like, really great content. Like, period, that, that's gotta be great to start with.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's not like <laughs> it's not like every minute of a show is good. Right, yeah. like- Except
0: just, for this show, of course. I mean, this, this episode- Yeah, this
1: show, it's 100% of the minutes yes, are good. But it's but like- every
0: other episode <laughs> in the world.
1: Yeah, it's like people, people, it's like, why don't we cut it in, you know, like 20? It's like, are there 25? If there's one good line, if there's like one really, really good line or one really good quote or really good audio clip, that one will outperform you putting out 10. And so I think sometimes it's like, that's sort of what I mean of like, a lot of the times you see marketing teams run this content for content sake process. uh, And it's not always the most beneficial and it's not always the most beneficial for a podcast. If you're trying to build one to immediately trying to fit into that.
0: Yep. Yep. Start, start with a really, really solid show and, and that, that, that you're going to want to mine for, for more and be like, Oh, this was so amazing. Let's give our, our audience more of it. Let's, because they want it. If it's
1: good, you'll use it. Like like if you make delicious food, people will eat it. You know what I mean? Like you're doing good things. Like it will result in good results. And so it's like, you can't, there's, it's better. People have a limited amount of space that they can think about stuff. So it's better to just relentlessly focus on, am I making a good show? Am I getting good guests? Are we building a good thing? Rather than like how can I squeeze every last second of this podcast out into like another asset or another format?
0: Yep. You're missing the point. That's like writing, like solely, solely writing content for SEO value. Same thing as like solely making a show to create lots of clips from it, right? (laughs) It's not what it's about. Like, sure you can, but it's not, you're missing the point. So
1: yeah, those clips are probably gonna give you that great, but maybe they will. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, okay, well, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing all of your insights and all of your, um, your experience. Talk data to me is awesome. Um, if, if those who have not listened yet, you, you need to, cause it's great. that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. And for more from today's guest and some pretty amazing content that they've inspired, visit casted.us and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get the latest on all things amplified marketing, B2B podcasting, and a lot more.